You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Guys, welcome back to the Live Diet Free Podcast. We have another client spotlight episode, and you guys know these are my favorites. So I'm really excited to have Carrie with us today. And Carrie, thank you so much for joining me. I'd love to start off with just a quick introduction of who you are, where you live, your family life, that sort of thing. Of course. Thank you for having me. I was excited to do this. Um, so I am um, I'm 55. I'm um, a single mom. I live in California. I think I'm like one of your only West Coast people. But um, um, I'm born and raised in California. Um, I'm in the hotel industry. I travel a lot for my job um, and, um, and super happy to be here. Awesome. Okay. Where in California are you from? I'm Northern California, just outside of San Francisco. Okay, excellent. All right, so let's back up. You've been with us for a while now. I think eight months. You started in May. We're recording this uh, end of February. Yep. So I know it probably feels like a lifetime ago, but if you can take us back to how you were feeling pre-coaching and what prompted you to reach out to us and ask for help. Um, well, um, pre-coaching, it was the end of my daughter's senior year of high school. Um, I was a super involved, super active mom um, all through her, from elementary school through high school. I was a parent advisor in her class. Um, a lot of my extra time was spent on homecoming and on proms and things like that. And of course, with COVID, it took a, a whole different change. Um, but I was um, just very, very involved in in my daughter, I only have one, my daughter's life. And, um, and my weight had gotten to a point where I was just, I was uncomfortable. I have been trying everything. I've tried every program that anyone in your group has been on. I've been (laughs) on it, I promise. Um, And was super successful with the program, eating bars and like making shakes. And it was It was awful, but I was successful. I lost 30 pounds. Um, It was great. And then um, COVID hit and I put it all back on. And I remember getting ready for my daughter's um, graduation party and thinking, I can't believe you've let yourself get to this point again. So um, that's where I was at. And I was on a Peloton nutrition um, and the Peloton nutrition group, not, you know, I would listen and read, but I wasn't very active. And then um, one of your clients, I think, had posted something. And I thought, you know what? It wouldn't hurt to just talk to someone and ask. Like, I'd let, like it's not going to work, but like, <laughs> I should probably at least act like I'm doing something. So I, I reached out to you and I reached out to a couple other people. And uh, you just, everything you said resonated with me. And, um, and I was not wrong. It was the best decision I ever made. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Let's talk a little bit about that because I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of the women that I talk to kind of come from that that place too of you know not not necessarily wanting to do another thing but also feeling like yeah I need to be taking some sort of action so that I can feel good enough that I'm you know I'm trying to do something I'm not you know I'm just sitting here doing nothing um so when when it came time to kind of decide which route 
to go? What were your, how, how did you make that decision? Because like a lot of people, you know, we're, we're very involved in a lot of Facebook groups. So are a lot of other coaches. There is no shortage of coaching out there. So for you, what helped you make a decision as to what would be the best route for you? Well, it's funny because, you know, like I said, I've tried everything and be right after I had tried the whole, uh, the Optavia, and I'll say it because if you're, if you're, if anyone's trying to sell you this, don't buy it. It's just, it was just a bad, it was just money down the drain. And just, I'm sure I threw my metabolism uh, around again. Um, it, uh, I had been doing Weight Watchers again. So I would pop to it from place to place. Um, I had, was doing Weight Watchers because a girlfriend said, oh, it's fabulous. They have all these zero points. I'm like, amazing. <laughs> so I like, the problem is, it's like, I can eat a whole chicken. Like, it doesn't save <laughs> me. I can eat a whole freaking chicken. So like, give me zero points. I'll, I'll show you how I can. And of course it didn't work because it, that's not how it's meant to work. But um, I just was at the point where I, you know, macros was very interesting to me. I didn't understand them. I, you know, I understood calories, but I'm like, here's one more thing. I guess I should give this a try because it's the one thing I haven't tried yet. And um, so I'll at least prove that I, that see, it's, it's my metabolism. It's all that. So I'll try macros. And that's when I, I was like, I'll find a macro coach. And, you know, honestly, when I look back at it, it was again, just to prove everyone wrong. Like, see, it's not me. It's, it's mm. else. and, um, and so it's, it's so interesting that this has been successful because it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the macros. It was just like, when I say I've never worked on my mindset, I have never worked on my mindset. I've done positive creative visualizations for so many other things, but I have never actually focused and worked on a mind shift, a mindset shift. And that's, that was the difference for me. I love that so much. And I want to talk about that because I, if you guys have listened to numerous episodes or if you follow me on social media, you have probably heard me talk about this at length. And if you haven't, go back to episode 66 from mid-February and listen to the episode called How to Do the Work Most People Won't. But I've said over and over again that so the majority of us think that what we need is to just be told explicitly eat this, not that, do this for workouts, not that. And that it's just like this very kind of formulaic, that's it. That's all there is to it. And for most people, that is not the work. Yes, those things usually need some tweaking, but the biggest area that we need to focus on is mindset. And it's the same area that most people are like, eh, too woo-woo, don't know what that is, don't want to do it, sounds terrible. And we like just want to bury our heads in the sand. Nope, got to be something else. It's not that. So yeah. you mentioned having done you know, some, some mindset work in other areas of your life. And I think it's so interesting because there is so much crossover. The stuff that makes you successful with this makes you successful elsewhere and vice versa. So what was it that made the difference this time? How did you start to see the need to work on your mindset and the value in doing that work instead of just kind of continuing to try the same thing again and again? So the funny thing is I didn't see it. I did not think that was the issue. I thought it was what I was eating. I was sure that I was not exercising properly. I, I, you could have kind of blown me over when, when I realized it was the whole mindset um, thing Um, because I did, I knew what to eat. I knew what I shouldn't eat. I knew, you know, I, I knew all of the, 
you know, the nutrition stuff I should be doing. I knew the workout stuff. Like I paid trainers. Like I literally could own a training gym with with the amount of money I've spent on trainers and equipment and stuff um, and books and things. So I had all the tools. I just, it didn't work because I wasn't, my mind wasn't ready for it to work. And I I did, I spent a lot of time in that kind of like, well, this isn't going to, you know, this is probably going to work temporarily, but I'm never throwing away my fat clothes because I'm definitely going, you know, after this is over, I'm definitely going back there. So like, that was my mindset that this was just not success, going to be successful. Um, And it's because I've been dieting since I was a young child. My grandmother had weight issues. Um, she was always on and like, she took speed. Like she was like, she like back then that was what, what people did. Like, and she would drink her tab and she'd have her, her little pill. And she was always on a diet. And the minute I kind of started to develop, she thought I should be on a diet. And, um, and so my mindset is, oh, and then the other side of my family, they were always on diets, like eating grapefruit in the morning and then, you know, immediately eating like bacon for lunch. Like it was, it was a weird dynamic in both sides of my family. Food was prevalent in everything we did. Um, um, so that's why I think the food part of it was what in my mind was what was stopping me. It wasn't the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so in doing this, I think my biggest difference for me is that I have always done, like I, like I said, I'd always done visualization. I always like when I wanted a new job or I wanted to do something outside of weight related things, I always would focus on it. I do creative visualization. I would do, you know, positive mantra mantras. I would do all these things. And I attributed those to those success. I just couldn't apply it to my weight loss um, because it didn't, I don't know why I, it didn't work for me. Um, and I think probably because, and the first thing Meg said to me when I first started working, like I had my first week and I was like, well, it wasn't really successful because of this, this, and this. And the first thing she said was stop that for a minute. Like, okay, I see those things, but look at you did over here, A, B, and C. Like, that's amazing. Like, you did that. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, those are great. But I didn't do all these things. too. And like, it doesn't matter. You did these things. And that was really the start of, okay, so I didn't do all 10 things, but I did three things. Okay, like, I guess that is good. And that I just kept building on. And every week, she always found something that was like a positive. And I had never looked at it like that. So that was really the biggest change for me is seeing little things, little changes, little tiny habits, you know, drinking a little bit more water, drinking, you know, more vegetables. And it didn't have to be all at once. Like I switched my entire diet. I switched my entire exercise. I'm sleeping better. All those things. I thought they all had to be done at once or you wouldn't be successful. And this was the first time that I saw the little tiny changes and taking the progress pictures. I always thought that was hooey, by the way, and the measurements I'm all, Oh, whatever. Fine. Here. When I literally saw my progress pictures on your posts, I think I said it on you. I'm like, I saw that. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking amazing. And then I realized it was me. Like (laughs) it's like, so it's the little things and those little changes for me that I didn't, see possible. And now I'm seeing how the little things every day and getting my steps in every day and just getting movement every day. All of those things have just been life-changing for me. 
So there's so much good stuff in here. I'm going to go back to a few things you said earlier on. Sorry, I know I get so no, excited. No, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. One of those things is one of the most common things that I hear is just kind of the sentiment. I know, you know, I know what I should be doing, and that's true for the majority of us at this point. We all have a pretty good idea. I should probably eat fewer snack foods while I'm watching TV. I should probably drink fewer of my calories. I should eat more vegetables. We kind of know those things intellectually, but yet we still think the answer is, I just need to make myself do them. I just kind of need to beat myself into submission. I just need more willpower. And it comes down to figuring out, why am I not doing those things? And that's the million-dollar question. And I think it sounds like for you, a big part of it was you weren't doing them because you felt like if you couldn't do all of them all at once, then it wasn't worth getting started because they were all equally important. And therefore, if you couldn't devote this big chunk of your time and energy to doing all of those things you know, to perfection, then why bother even starting? And then once you were able to see, well, hang on, that's kind of faulty logic, then you were able to take this step-by-step process and just shift your focus with Meg's help to what's going well. I think that's so interesting. When I was introduced to kind of the idea that we could control what we think about, it seems like such a no-brainer once you realize, if I get to choose, if I'm going to focus on what I didn't do well or where I feel like I felt short, felt short, or the focus, put my focus on the things that I did do well and where I feel successful and where I feel like I'm winning, why would you ever choose to focus on the negative? And that I don't know. Then- I, I I honestly feel like that's the like like that should be what's taught in school. Like, let's not worry about any like this. If we if we te- taught our kids this at a very young age, I think the it just would be a whole different world. Anyway, I, I agree. It's so powerful, and I think especially in these last couple of years, where so many people are just riddled with this high level of anxiety, and that is not at all to dismiss, you know, the the validity of of mental health issues. But to an extent, you know, we we have a lot more control than we think, and we just are mostly not equipped with the tools to to do that. Um, Absolutely. And another thing you mentioned is kind of how those little successes started to add up. And I was going through your measurement updates before we hopped on this call. And I don't know if you know the numbers off the top of your head. If so, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. Okay. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) So over 32 pounds lost Mm -hmm. and 42 inches from literally everywhere that we take measurements. We do seven sites. All of them are down, but most significantly, 11 inches from your waist, seven and a half from your hip. Yeah. And those, Crazy. The, the midsection is where, you know, we, we carry sort of the, the more dangerous, as far as health is concerned, um, excess body fat. So to see that kind of reduction in your waist to hip ratio, I actually calculated it and you have gotten yourself into the out of, out of the high risk category and you are well on your way to the low risk category. So aside from all of the incredible um, other benefits of looking and feeling amazing, this is a major health win internally as well. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I everything about it, besides just knowing the numbers and 
Um, and I've talked to my doctor about that. And, you know, when I went this last time and I said, look, this is what I'm doing. She said, your, your weight is down. She says, I'm not, she wasn't thrilled with some of my cholesterol, but it wasn't horrible. I still don't have medication, but she said, we're going to have to, you know, if you don't go get those numbers down naturally, we're going to have to talk about it. So I go back. I have no question that it's going to be, my numbers are going to be different. I feel different. Like internally, I feel different. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm excited to, for the first time, I'm excited to go to the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's one of the best things when, when our clients message us and say, I got blood work done and, you know, this improved and that improved, or I'm getting off this medication. Yeah. That's just so rewarding. That is you literally you know, lengthening yeah. your your life and improving yeah. your your quality of life. And I want to just kind of stress for those of you guys listening. We were talking about you know working with us for about eight months, being down thirty two pounds. I'm looking at you know the measurements right now, and for the most part, you actually do have a surprisingly kind of linear progression. I think I see like four small spikes over the over the whole time which is really pretty unusual but we're talking about you know a a pound some weeks up a pound some weeks down a few the next week it is it was never drastic there are some some weeks were bigger losses than others but i really just want to to stress how those seemingly small changes really do add up i think you know if we were if i were to tell you you know, would you like to lose 50 pounds this year? Almost everybody listening would say, yes, I would. But then when we zoom in and say, okay, would you like to lose a pound this week? You're like, no, 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 that's not nearly fast enough. So I think it's just so important to think longer term and remind yourself that there's no race to to a a made-up finish line. This is just you deciding to improve your life. And especially in your case, giving yourself the gift of time. So I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts behind kind of why you stuck with one-on-one coaching for the length of time that you did. You've now transitioned into our club and we give all of our um, one-on-one clients the option to continue with one-on-one or shift to kind of our lower level of support. And I think a lot of people are in a rush to kind of graduate to something less um, kind of hands-on. And I really admire that you knew what you needed and yeah. gave yourself that time. So how did you how did you know kind of that you needed to stick with the weekly calls and things like that? And then how did you know when it was time to drop down and kind of that you'd be good on your own? That's a great question. So I um I did. I probably stayed with Meg much longer than she <laughs> anticipated. But for me, it was really about once I saw um, as I mentioned in the beginning, like I, I um, travel um, substantially for uh, like a substantial part of my my um, my year is spent on the road, traveling to my different hotels or traveling to different uh, with different clients to events. They always are around food and drink and um, and and it's always you know in a hotel room after traveling a really long you know day and there's the snicker bars um and that was my that was always my kryptonite was getting to a hotel room and being hungry and ordering a grilled cheese sandwich with french fries and because that's what i felt like i needed um, um after already eating you know the crap on the plane or at the airport um, because I would go into this kind of total different mindset when I would be on the road. I'm like, well, I'm on the road. It's different. Well, I was on the road all the time. So um, 
So you can just imagine. And so then I would, you know, perpetuate the whole thing and start again, like, oh, you know, I'm going to work out. And then if I didn't work out, I'm like, oh, forget I didn't work out. I'm just going to have grilled cheese again. Like that was like, that was the routine. And so when I started working with Meg and I had to start doing these trips and I think my first one was this trip to, I was going to Cabo to this this conference. And I'm like, it's a huge drinking conference. There's going to be free flowing alcohol and food and you know, I can have anything sent to my room at any time of the day. And so we walked through it. Like we walked through the menus. We walked through what can I eat and what's the, what's the proper way to, you know, stay, still have fun and still, you know, progress. And that was probably the hugest thing for me is once I was able to get through trip one and was it perfect? No, I came back the having lost weight, which was crazy for me because I always would come back like five or seven pounds heavier. And then I'd work to get down that and then I'd be on the road again. So it was just this weird cycle. But working through it with a real clear strategy, like I knew I could be successful. And it was not that I had to go and work out every day and that I had to only eat this and I couldn't drink this. I drank margaritas every day in the pool and I had, but I started off my day with a lot of protein and I got my steps in and I did what, you know, you guys refer to as the bare ass minimums. And I did that consciously every single day. Even I would have a, you know, a little gelato at night, but I didn't have all the other stuff and I didn't, you know, I, um, I really was very aware when I was having it, like, oh, I'm going to have this little gelato and I'm going to enjoy every little bite of it. And, and I'm not going to go down and get three more. Like I'm going to have the one and that's <laughs> plenty. Um, and it was just really, um, very, very freeing, uh, for something that was very, um, cumbersome for me, my, my entire career. Um, I just didn't think it could be done. And so when, when we did that and had success, like my next trip was like, okay, now I'm going to, um, I think I was going to Vegas and I said, I'm not going to have any control over my meals. Like I, I'm in a conference. This is what we're doing. Okay. And we walked through that and talked through, and we just had a strategy for every scenario that I could have had in my, my work, in my career, um, travel, So now I travel and I'm so confident. I know what I bring. I know how, if I start my day this way, it's going to be successful. I know I don't have to go and I don't have to miss things. I would do that too. I can't tell you the amount of activities that I wanted to be at, but I knew I couldn't be at because I couldn't trust my own self to make a good decision of like what to eat or what to drink. Um, And I mean, I turned down, you know, events at my neighbor's house because I didn't want to say no to the dessert. And like when I think about that and all the things I missed um, because I didn't have a plan Um, and plan sounds so like daunting, but it's but really when you break it down and it's just about, okay, I know what I'm going to do when I go. And oh, if they have this, this is what I'm going to have. Like, um, it's actually much more freeing than daunting. And once I figured that out, that was, that was key. If you're enjoying this episode, I want to invite you to join us in Foundations. Foundations is our six-week group coaching program designed to help you remove every obstacle standing in between you and the weight loss you're after. 
learn how to overcome the overwhelm of getting started, stop buying into BS that only yields short-term results, and learn how to master the big rocks you need to lose the weight and keep it off without sacrificing your quality of life in the process. Whether you want to lose 15 pounds or 150 pounds, we can help you in foundations. For all the info and to join, go to estereevent.com foundations. And so that's why I stayed on a little longer because I really wanted to be sure that I had my strategies for every situation. So I'm so glad you touched on the travel because that was something I wanted to come back to. But I think, you know, to your point, I think a lot of times we try to just rush the process, period. Whether that's I want to lose weight faster, whether that's I shouldn't need, you know, this level of help anymore. We just try to make ourselves be further along than we are. And in reality, and this is something I want to come back to because we had a a great dialogue in the Facebook group. When you have spent decades of your life dieting, being unhappy with your body, having an uncomfortable relationship with food, it takes more than a couple months to work through that. And I think when you start finding success, don't rip the rug out from under yourself and and try to skip to the part where it's you know it's all squared away give yourself the opportunity to say okay if it's if it's not broken i'm not going to try to fix it i'm going to leave well enough alone i am getting what i need i'm continuing to see success and i'm cementing these these plans now it feels so much more intuitive to you because you've done it before you've proven to yourself that you can and you have and now you have that evidence and it just gets easier and easier. I think on the the travel front, this is something that trips up so many people. And it sounds like from what you were saying, there were kind of two pieces of the the shift for you. The first one I can very much relate to was the mental piece of, I need to stop pretending that every time I'm not at home, is a special occasion in right. my line of work when I'm 100%. traveling. So often. <laughs> like I was always on a special occasion. Always. <laughs> yes. And I've noticed that in myself too, is you know, every, you know, every Friday evening, I'm like, oh well, you know, it's it's Friday. And they're like, no, it's not special. Or every time you're at a, you know, a continental breakfast buffet, you don't need the pancakes just because they're there. So right. that seems like it was really powerful for you to just kind of remind yourself, this is what my life is like. Unless I'm gonna find a different industry to work in and change that completely. I need to figure out how to make this work. And that means not treating every day at the airport like a a blowout, not treating every minibar as a buffet and that sort of thing. And right, the just because they have seized candy at the airport, <laughs> you need to purchase. Like I, like I, that's the, that that was the biggest thing too. It's like it's almost it's set up to create this like oh don't forget you need to grab your seized candy before you get on the plane and oh get a don't forget get a Chick Fil A or a pretzel with like it's it's got that the the whole um, vibe at the airport is is kind of grabbing you and for me at least. I mean, not everyone. Like my daughter, she can travel. Like she does not. Like I literally am going through the airport and I'm looking at every kiosk. Like, oh wow, that should be. And she doesn't have that, so I don't think everybody is as uh, predisposed to that view. Um, But for me, with eating, um, food was that was all I thought about. Yeah, and you you make a great point that it really is kind of just a 
a learned behavior that you don't, you know, you're not born thinking, oh, airport food is special, but yeah. you just gradually pick it up. And right. you know, all it takes is a few times of being at the airport and indulging. And then they're late. Your your yeah. That is like, oh, I'm going, oh, I'm going to out of this airport. Oh, they have the popcorn there. Like yes. that was like how I, you know, other people are like, oh, I'm going to go see this attraction at, in this city. And I'm like, well, they have the greatest popcorn in, you know, terminal C and I'm super excited. Like that was really how I, that's how I viewed travel. So yeah. So that's a huge that has changed. right yeah. there. And then the second piece, the preparation not going into these things blind. And I know I've said before in other episodes that we allow ourselves to be caught off guard by things that we knew about in advance. And that's part of what needs to change. You can't have every weekend throw you off course. You knew it was happening. So then it's, you know, at some point you have to take ownership and say, okay, it's on me. I knew this trip was on the calendar. I know where I'm staying. I've been to the city before, or I can research what's near the hotel. You have to decide I'm done kind of trying to shirk this responsibility and saying it's out of my control. And then in your case, you have lots of opportunities to practice. And I think part of the kind of what I think what people have a hard time with making a plan is then you kind of feel like you need to nail it the first time, but you don't. All you need to do is practice and then bring that feedback to your coach or to your self-reflection and say, okay, of that, what went well? What didn't? How do I want to do it differently next time? And then over the course of the trips that you take, you start to figure out, you kind of have your go-tos of, oh, I know um, I always grab this at the hotel or this is what I do for a workout. And then it becomes a lot more kind of streamlined and takes a lot less thinking in advance about what's the plan going to be because you're just like, yeah, my same general plan as always. Yeah. Um, Okay. So there was something that you had mentioned a couple of times that... I think is such an interesting and really necessary conversation. I'm probably going to do a, an episode on this on its own. But we had a thread in the our Facebook group, the free one, Live Diet Free, about how old were you when you started your first diet? And I can't say that I was surprised by the answers, but just the the sheer volume of them was really pretty powerful. And the majority of women were saying the first time they dieted or became aware that they wanted to change their body was between 12 and 15. And that was the the age range that you were in. And you mentioned um, kind of your introduction to it. But you also said something really, really profound, which was that it has taken you a long time to realize that that actually wasn't about you. It's not that there was anything wrong with you or your body at 13. It had everything to do with the adult women in your life who had their own body image struggles and they were constantly dieting and that just kind of spilled over into you. Mm-hmm. I know that's an experience that a lot of our listeners can relate to. Can you touch on sort of how you came to have that realization and what it has looked like for you to start kind of working through some of that? Yeah. Um God, it's such a powerful thing. It's probably my biggest thing that I'm, you know, and I spent a lot of time being very angry. I had a great, my grandmother was, she was amazing. She was the one that gave me kind of my passion for travel. And um, when we weren't a traveling family, like we camped for vacation. So she was the (laughs) one that got on the plane with her little Pan Am bag. And, but again, she had her demons and she was um, also a, you know, a recovering alcoholic who became, you know, who went back to drinking years later. So she had 
her own demons that I knew nothing about. And I didn't know how that could impact her and how she related to me as her, I was her old, the oldest granddaughter. And, um, you know, when she was on a diet, I was on a diet. I would go spend the summer. And I remember not ever thinking that I was heavy or, but I knew when grandma came around, like you didn't have a second dessert. You didn't have, you know, you didn't junk, you know, you didn't eat junk food because she'd always make a little comment. So I was really, that's when I started kind of sneaking food when I was younger. Um, and it, um, and I think I said in the thing, she sent me a photocopy and I'll never forget getting it in the mail and being so excited that my grandma was sending me mail and opening it up. And it was, a, it was the Scarsdale diet. Um, and at 12 or 13, you're like, wow, something must be really wrong with me. Like I, I didn't even realize. Um, and I just think that I am, um, that was really the moment that, um, I started becoming very aware of my body and my body compared to my sister's body and my mom, who was really, really thin, probably because she was having pills too, <laughs> um, and drinking her tab and like she never ate. She smoked like they all smoked. And so here I am, this kid who's, you know, already awkward as it is. Um, and I had a big calyx. I was really... <laughs> I was really having issues. Um, and so now I think I'm fat because obviously I must be if my grandmother's sending me a diet. Um, and, you know, my mom never talked about it. Like she never, I don't even think she ever said, oh, that's ridiculous. I think she was just like, oh, well, grandma's just trying to help. Like, I don't ever remember there being an adult conversation where that's like, that's ridiculous. You're fine the way you are. Um, I think we were just always on diets. And if you were in the family, you kind of, and the weird part is my mom would then buy like Captain Crunch cereal for breakfast. So <laughs> it was like this weird, and, and, you know, on, on, um, on field trip days, we'd get like ding-dongs and like a special sandwich and chips. Like we'd get all, so it was, we never had this really clear thing. It was always that food was for special things and food was for sad things. And food was for like, there was always something related to food and um, in our lives. And we did Sunday dinner at my grandparents and that was all about food and everyone would be cooking and there'd always be snacks. And um, so I think that, um, for me at, at 12, I just never created a healthy relationship with food. And I'm doing that now. And the way I, I you know, I, I started realizing that it wasn't about me was when my daughter started having issues um, with body image. And I will tell you, and for all those of you that have young children out there, um, I, my, I would, I would be the first one to say, I will never have, an, I will never give my child that that body image. I will never, I was so cognizant. She was a dancer. I never talked about her body. I never talked about her size. I never, and she was a very, she was always uh, tiny and in shape and really healthy and active. We never talked about food like, oh, that's good food. That's bad food. I did all the things right, except that I still was dealing with my own shit and I still was dealing with my own problems with food. So what I was modeling for her was not what I was telling her and what I was modeling for her is what she paid attention to. So if you're modeling that for your children, you're not doing them any favors by not having those conversations. Um, she saw me always on a diet. I was always like, Oh, I can't. Oh no, no, no here. You eat this, but I'm going to eat this. And, um, 
And it was what she walked away with was that I never saw myself as okay. So she ended up developing her own body image issues. And I take full responsibility for that. So it's the one thing I didn't want to do. And it's very, very, um, it's the one thing I will kick myself for forever. So, You know, I was going to ask having a teenage daughter, kind of how, you know, your, your, your thoughts on that. And I think you make an excellent point that it's not just what you're saying overtly, because I mean, yeah. of course, most most of us are saying the right things to to our children. But you're right that there's also this element of okay, but what are you actually showing me? Are you kind of talking out one side of your mouth to me and talking to yourself in you know in another way? Mm-hmm. But I think though she may have picked up on some of that in you know several you know growing up what she's also picked up on is what you have done for yourself this past year she has seen you make a change physically yes but more importantly mentally she has seen you decide it's not that my weight defines my value or anything like that right. i want to make these changes to feel like the best version of myself to be healthy, to be happy. And you've done it now in a way that she sees that power in you. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't discredit the good that she has inevitably picked up on from you. Thank you. Yeah, I am. Um, no, and I, and I am, I'm coming to peace with that. And, you know, she's um, as Esther knows, Amelia, my daughter is off on a gap year uh, between um, high school and college. So Part of me allowing her, and I told you earlier this before we started recording, um, going through this program and figuring out about, you know, I was definitely a helicopter mom and very much a control mom, um, letting go of that and letting her kind of go and experience the world a little bit and go um, figure out herself. I think that that is going to have some, you know, and while I was kind of on my journey back home, um, I think she is going to come back with some really um, positive things for herself and, you know, and, and hopefully she's figured out, you know, what makes her happy and what, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the big things that you've been living this past year is that you can do anything that you set your mind to, that it doesn't matter, you know, how long it's been. And I think that's something when I was reflecting on the thread of how long you know everyone has been dieting, I think what makes it so difficult is something you mentioned is that when you're that young and when it's all you've really ever known, you just pick it up and you don't even know that there's anything wrong with it. It's just the norm. It's all you've ever known. And then kind of as you develop the awareness of, oh, shoot, <laughs> I've got some kind of deeply rooted things going on here, the unlearning is much more difficult than the subconscious learning in the first place. And I think that's why it's so important to give yourself the the gift of time, like I said, where who who am I to think that I'm going to undo 25 years of these thoughts in a matter of weeks? But what you've really shown her is that it's never too late. As soon as you decide there's something worth exploring here, there's something I want to change, you can do it. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you said something about the time. Every time I have started a program or something, um, I always had an end date in mind. This is the first time I've not had an end date. And I think that there is a very, sorry, my dogs, they have no manners. I have always had like a reunion I was going to, or a party I was going to, or a, you know, a trip I was going on. And this time I even started to have that when I, when I first started to lose and I'm like, oh, let's see, I've lost this much. And I started looking at the calendar like, oh, well, if I keep doing this, I'll be this size by that time. And I'll have like, and I was already projecting where I was going to be, which sounds a little bit positive, like, oh, well, great. You see yourself positively, but it wasn't because I was so focused on the end result and not on the journey of it and being in it and being in it was the best thing because I was always looking towards the, the, the finish line and I wasn't, and then I was doing the steps, but I wasn't feeling them. I wasn't um, like understanding them. I wasn't, you know, failing in them, like all of those things that I think you really need to do to be successful instead of just looking towards the end. Um, so this was the first time I did that. And I was, and I stopped looking towards the end, like that there was going to be an end. It was just about finding those little, you know, those little nuggets that you could, you know, keep building on. So. That's so good. Yeah. I think so many of us in, you know, in any sort of goal, we fixate so much on getting there, the promotion, the graduation, the, weight loss goal that we try to rush a process that we can't actually control. And as you've learned this time, you're so much better off finding ways to enjoy it along the way. And it sure helps when you're not miserable and you're not eating, you know, prepackaged foods all the time and you can actually live your life. But yeah. to to not be feeling like, okay, well, everything is on pause until I can get to this goal, but instead I'm enjoying my life and I'm getting closer to this goal which removes that pressure to get there as fast as possible and just lean into, okay, if this is what I have to do, I'll keep doing it and I'll get there. That's exactly like you just nailed it. That's exactly it. Like, okay. So as we wrap this up, I want to, I have a couple, couple final questions. First one being, what would you say are the primary changes that you've noticed in your life now as compared to where you were eight months or a year ago? What is different about you now? Oh my God. That's such a big question. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, everything is different about me now. Just how I feel about myself, how the pride I have, because I did it the long way. I didn't do it the short, easy, you know, easy way. I'm making air quotes. I don't know. (laughs) I'm making air quotes the fast way. Like I've done the fast way, but doing it this slow, methodical and seeing how small changes every day can impact, um, can impact you. Like, uh, like that alone is probably the biggest thing is just seeing the, that it's okay to be slow and steady. Um, I, just my own confidence, like going into my closet and knowing I can pull on a pair of jeans. And um, my daughter, when she was home for the holidays, is, called me tiny. I've never been called tiny in my entire fucking life. Never. She's like, mom, you're so tiny. And um 
I just, I feel good. I, and Meg knows, cause we like joke about it. Like I started dating again, you know, I had just gotten ready to start dating and then COVID happened. So then I started dating and <laughs> dating this guy now. And like, I haven't dated in a very long time um, cause I was so focused and I was always like, Oh, I'll date once I get to this size. And mm. um, I just, how I feel about myself and how I walk into a room and how I carry myself is just so different. Um, and it's, and it's coming from internal. It's not a fake, you know, like fake, I, I, you know, I was faking it till I made it. And now I feel like I have made it and I have more weight I want to lose, but I don't, it's not this daunting thing. I know it'll happen. I also know I enjoy, you know, I enjoy eating and I enjoy going to things and not, um, and not feeling like I can't participate. Um, but I also know what happens when I eat like that. I know if I, you know, have dessert and drinks, I know what that looks like the next couple of days. And I know that means that uh, I need to, you know, tighten the reins a little bit and get back to my proteins, my heavy proteins in the morning. And so I don't, you know, I used to have this thing that, oh, I could out exercise it. Oh, if I had, you know, a donut, I could just exercise it off. Like that has changed about me. I don't view that anymore. I don't worry if my scale went up a couple of days that used to set, that used to set my entire tone of the week. If my scale was up two pounds, it ruined everything. Now, if it's up now, I know oh, it's probably water weight. Oh, I probably, you know, I didn't drink enough water or I was, you know, eating things. My body's not, you know, great about, and I know in a couple of days it'll readjust. That's, that's, huge for me. Like, like, like I said, it would send me down a total spiral if my weight was up. Um, it really is huge. That's one of the biggest things is it sounds like overall, you just have so much more confidence in yourself and the fact that you know what to do. So you're yeah. not rocked by all this like totally normal stuff. It's not a problem. Yeah. Now you have the knowledge and the skills and the confidence to be like, okay, yeah. I understand what's going on here. Sometimes it is the out of your control, just, you know, water weight, hormones, whatever. Sometimes it's, all right, I need to rein it in a little bit. I'm, I'm getting a little loose. Yeah. And being able to differentiate between the two and not constantly beating yourself up for having a normal body that does normal things, but also not always looking for a scapegoat of, nope, can't possibly be me. It must be something else. Um, right. I think that's a, that's a really great skill to have developed. So final question. Someone who's listening who may be feeling the way you were eight months ago, what would you say to them, to someone who was in your shoes now? Oh, God, so much. <laughs> I would hug them. I would hug them and say, just fucking do it. It's literally um, I, what I would say is trust the process. And that is the one thing I did come into this. And I was like, when I, and, and, and I'm going to also say it is also very overwhelming and a little bit intimidating when you first sign up because there's a lot. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of um, steps. There's a lot of new stuff. And I think that at first I was a little bit overwhelmed. So trust your coach talk through that with your coach. Because I think I said to, to Meg at one point, I'm like, I can't do this all. It's too much. It's just, it's so much. And she's like, well, then don't do it all. So, like you a part of it. Like, and that was, that was the difference for me is that 
I felt that that need to do it all and to have everything read and to know everything and to understand all the recipes and all of that. And instead of doing that, I went and I listened to my coach and I, I, I went step by step and I took on one thing at a time. And I think that if you just trust the process and, and even though in your back of your mind, you're like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when you get to a point where you've lost some weight, you're like, oh, now I don't need to track. Mm -hmm. track. Mm -hmm. That is the thing is that I just, I kept listening to the process and kept following the process. And I didn't always do it perfectly. There were days, you know, there were weeks where my, I would go up away and, you know, or I wouldn't lose anything. And I just kept trusting the process. And it's the first time I've ever done that um, solely. And, and I can tell you that that's probably the biggest, um, the biggest change for me is just listening. That's such good advice. And I love, sometimes it really is about having someone just kind of give you permission to be imperfect. And it's funny how, how powerful it can be to just hear those words like, okay, then don't do it all. You're like, well, what? Yeah. Uh, hadn't entertained that option before. <laughs> so, no, but it's you hear it. Like right. that is the biggest thing is that we do get, and you know, as moms, if, if you're a mom and just as women, like we feel like we need to do everything better and everything, um, you know, everything right and everything. And a lot of it's our own self-imposed things, but, you know, I've never not succeeded at something except for weight loss. And, and like, I've always succeeded at everything in my life, except for this area. And it's because I didn't ever listen. Like I just did what I thought was right. And clearly I didn't know. So when you're listening and, you know, like, uh, like I said, my first thing, I would say to people, like, I know people get intimidated with spending money on themselves. It is the best money I've ever spent. I would give up things just to have this knowledge and to be in this group where, and I'm not super active. Um, like I said, Meg knows I'm not like on the Facebook group. Like I read everything, but I'm a little intimidated to post sometimes. So when I, whenever I post, it's a big deal because I really have a hard time posting about myself or success or tips because I feel I'm still in the process. So um, I think I'm, um, I'm fine posting about everything else, but if I'm posting about that, um, I'm still kind of in that, do I really say that? Like, do people, um, is what I'm saying important? And I think that um, I'm trying to get better about that. Yeah, that's so interesting. A little bit of uh, lingering imposter syndrome, but that's going to come with time too. (laughs) Yes. Just, just the fact that, you know, you're, you're here on this podcast. I, if I didn't think you had anything of value to say, I wouldn't have asked you to be on. So I think sometimes it's just remembering, no, you know what? I don't need to have it all figured out. None of us do, but I do know that there's somebody who was in my shoes, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds ago, who might need to hear what I have to say. And just kind of the, the fact of like cutting through the overwhelm and, um, and accepting your imperfections, I think is, it's exactly what people need to hear. And one final thing I want to touch on that you mentioned is that you know you, you felt like you'd never not been successful with something except this, and that you realized kind of what was what was different is that you were able to reach out for help, have you know mentors and a process to follow in other areas, whether it's with school or your career or things like that. And when you realize, oh, you know what, I can apply those same things to my health as well. 
it really, once you start to see the parallels between what you already do well and the areas you're struggling, it's that much easier to just kind of transfer them over and make them strengths that we're gonna, that are going to help you with your health too. So you've just done an incredible job. You're such an inspiration to all of us and you're just, you're a delight. I'm so grateful for this conversation and to have had you here. Thank you so much. And I look Thank forward you to so much. I, I've said it a time and time again, like your entire, your entire crew, like I'm so grateful that I said yes. And that you're, this was the decision uh, and you actually were my very first person I spoke with. And it was, and you, when you said it just, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Like you just, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent all the time. I was like, oh my God, no one's ever said that. <laughs> and that really was what, like, because I just didn't feel like I could be 100% all the time. So the fact that you started it out with that, um, that really was what set me. And then everything from, like I said, from Meg to Jenny, like there's just so much knowledge and there's just so much. And all the people like Lindsay, God, I, I don't even think she knows. Like, I love like watching her and like watching her story. And when she posts, I get excited because like seeing her success and like you guys have so many great people um, as part of the group and as part of the, the team. I feel very lucky that I found it. So thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that. We really do have an incredible crew. I'm so grateful for everybody. You guys listening, if you haven't looked into us, go to sraven.com slash GFG. That's our one-on-one program. And um, check it out. Book a call with me. Um, all right, Carrie. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you have an incredible day. And those of you listening, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Diet Free Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, I appreciate you being here. One way you can help this podcast succeed is to subscribe, rate, and review it. If you don't mind doing those things, I would love to thank you with a copy of our weekend survival guide designed to help you have weekends you enjoy that don't set you back from reaching your goals. Just send a screenshot of your review to admin at estheravant.com and we'll send it over. And don't forget to check out estheravant.com slash foundations for all the info about our six-week group coaching program, Foundations, designed to help you remove every obstacle standing in between you and the weight loss you've been after.